Hey, welcome to the Life Church Green Bay podcast. It's our mission to lead the way in bringing the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We are so glad that you're here. If this is your first time joining us, would you connect with us? We want to do life with you. And there are so many ways we can do that from wherever you are in the world. You can get connected with us and other Jesus people in one of our Facebook groups by joining us for an online service every Sunday or connecting with people through life groups and pocket churches. To learn how to get connected and find your pocket, please go to lifechurchgreenbay.com. Again, so glad you're here with us today. Here's this week's message. Hey friends, open your Bibles to Philippians chapter one. If you're not in a place where you have access to a traditional Bible, you can open up the YouVersion app or it's also called the Bible app and all the notes and scriptures, they've already been uploaded. Of course, we'll also put the scriptures right there on your screen, wherever it is that you're watching us from. I love you and I'm so grateful that you're part of our family. Have you ever not gotten something that you wanted? I mean, you really wanted it, but for whatever reason, you didn't get it. You wanted that job or that promotion, that house or that car, that guy or that girl. You wanted to have a baby, but you lost the baby or couldn't have the baby. You wanted that part or that opportunity, but for whatever reason, you just didn't get it. Doesn't that trigger something in you? Doesn't it take you back to a time when you didn't get picked for the team or the game, back to the time when you asked her to the prom, but she said no? Doesn't it kill your confidence, make you insecure, almost fearful? So because of that, now you don't go after opportunities. You don't chase your dreams. Because of that, you just know it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to work out. I want to fight against that feeling today in a message we're calling I'm Confident. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you that we can be confident in you, that you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You're the friend that sticks closer than any brother. And so today, God, I pray for my friends who are watching this, that you'd move in our hearts, you'd move in our minds, in our spirits, and our souls. You'd restore hope. We would be confident, not in ourselves, but in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I am confident. To which many of you say, yeah, right, speak for yourself. Easy for you to say, you're the guy on the screen. And we say that because our culture has a catastrophic lack of confidence. Doesn't matter who you are or what you do, there's some area of your life where you struggle with confidence. Your future or your family, your fitness or your finances. Like I'll never make enough money. I'll never be a good husband. I'll never be a good parent. I'll never have kids. I'll never lose this weight. Our confidence has gone comatose. And it's because we live in a culture that is full of insecurity. Insecurity, a word that by nature means to be robbed of your security, which triggers a sensation of fear, which isn't a feeling. It's a spirit, and it's not the right kind of spirit, not a godly spirit. Scripture says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, when I read that scripture, I actually think about the math because it seems to suggest it takes three spirits to eliminate that one spirit. 
To eliminate fear, we have to have power, love, and a sound mind. And if you have a spirit of fear or insecurity, it chases off your power. You feel weak, inferior, incapable, inadequate. It chases off your love so you don't trust others. You mistreat others. It chases off your sound mind so you have a lower view of yourself, a lower view of others, and ultimately a lower view of God. When you don't get what you want, it often makes you question God or even doubt God. Like, if God cared, then this. Or if God loved me, then that. Then, when we question God or doubt God, we try to be God. We try to compensate for the things we don't feel confident about. And we do that by dismissing it. Like, ha, I didn't really want that anyway. Or we degrade it. Like, Who'd ever even want that? That's so lame. Those are the words of an insecure person, someone who's been robbed of their security, who's afraid to live in their limitations. Limitations aren't liabilities. They're actually liberators. Like a few years ago, my son Isaiah, he asked me why I didn't go on to play professional football. Like a hundred years ago, I had an opportunity to go to camp with the Denver Broncos and I, I could have made an excuse to him, but in truth, I'd played in a game called the Senior Bowl and I knew that in that game, I was over my head. So I just told him. I said, I just wasn't good enough to go any further, bud. And, and when I didn't make any excuses, that created freedom. I had done everything I could do, but I had failed. And it didn't kill me that I had failed. So I haven't been afraid to fail since. Haven't been afraid to go all in on anything else since, which allows me to put my heart fully into lots of other stuff because facing failure head on chases fear away. So now that I know failure is never final, I'd rather fail fighting than succeed sitting. But insecure people, people who've been robbed of their security, they always act satisfied sitting on the sidelines. In fact, I've discovered there are three types of insecure people. You have people pleasers, fishers, and one-uppers. And I've been all of them at some point. So first, you have people pleasers. And people pleasers will say whatever they think they have to say to be selected. They're, they're the suck-ups. Next, you have fishers. And fishers are the people who post a picture of themselves with the caption, I feel so blah today. But they're really just looking for, they're really just fishing for someone to coax them, for someone to compliment them. Then there's the one-uppers. And these are the people who no matter what you do, no matter what you say, they're better. They seem cocky. They seem arrogant. They seem prideful. But I've discovered pride It's just insecurity in its ugliest form. It's the ugliest form of the ugliest thing. And insecurity is so ugly because it's so insulting. It creates an inability for intimacy between you and God because in your mind, it shrinks God down. It makes him either unable or unwilling. Either way, it puts distance between us and him and not because he moved. So me, I fight against the spirit of insecurity. I fight against the spirit of fear. And I do that through the spirit of power, the spirit of love, 
and the spirit of a sound mind. And those three spirits, they allow me to outnumber fear, which eliminates the need for self-confidence. We don't need self-confidence. In fact, Scripture tells us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts, to never rely on what we think we know, to remember God in everything we do, and he will show us the right way. Self-confidence leads to self-dependence, where, where we live our lives limited by our ability. But anytime my life has been submitted to the spirit of God, to the spirit of power or the spirit of love or the spirit of a sound mind, I've never been limited by my own ability. In my own ability, I could never lead this church. I could never have been a part of the growth of this church. I could never love this city, especially in February. I could never, in my own ability, have been a part of what God's been doing to change this city through this church. But gratefully, God never asked me to live inside my own ability because he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So I'm confident because I don't have confidence in myself. I have confidence in my savior. Scripture says, forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. So with that in mind, let me give you three reasons I'm not self-confident and three reasons I am God-confident. Here's why I'm not self-confident. Number one, my heart is deceitful and so is yours. We have an unbelievable ability to deceive ourselves because scripture says the heart, it's deceitful above all things. It's beyond cure. Who can even understand it? The second reason I'm not self-confident is because my flesh is weak. Jesus said, watch and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh, it's weak. Those words are echoed by the apostle Paul when he said that he puts no trust in the flesh, but instead he worships God and he brags on Jesus. Finally, I'm not self-confident because my focus is fleeting. When I try to do things in my own strength, I'm easily distracted, like squirrel. Ooh, shiny things, fast car, big house, pretty girl, shiny things, they're distracting. It's why scripture says those who live as their human nature tells them to have their minds controlled by what human nature wants. But those who live as the spirit tells them to, they have their minds controlled by what the spirit wants. If I'm trying to have self-control, self-discipline, or self-respect, it depends on my self. To the point that when I don't have those things, it affects my self-esteem, self-worth, and ultimately my self-confidence. So for me, I don't even try to have confidence in myself. And I'm not self-deprecating, self-loathing, or self-destructive. I just trust in him, depend on him, lean on him. I'm confident in him. And you should be too. So let me give you three reasons why I'm God-confident and why you should be too. Number one, God is always for us. Contrary to what you may think, he's never against you. Too many people think God's out to get them. Like, are you kidding me? God is like a good dad. He's never ashamed and he's never embarrassed. He, he has your picture in the visor of his pickup. You're the screensaver on his phone. He has your drawings on his refrigerator. All your report cards are in a box underneath his bed. And he's not expecting you to perform up to his ability. He just wants you to live up to the best of your ability. I'm never ashamed of or embarrassed by my kids, but sometimes they put pressure on themselves. 
Like a few years ago, Isaiah told me that he hated football camps. And when I asked him why, he said, it's just so much pressure. Like I'd never put that pressure on him. He put that pressure on himself. And he did that because he knew how much I'd invested or sacrificed to make those camps possible for him. But, but what he wasn't realizing was if I didn't want to make the investment, I would make it. I made it because I think he's worth it. So I'm not keeping track and I'm not holding it against him. Or my daughter, Aubrey, she's an amazing singer, but she won't sing in front of me. And she won't sing in front of me because she thinks I'll measure her performance or her ability against my performance or my ability. But what they don't realize is I am not a critic. I'm a cheerleader. I'm always for them. And that's what God feels like. He's always for you. And if God is for us, who can ever be against us? I'm confident because God is always for us. Here's the second reason I'm God confident. God is always here to help us. I don't know who needs to hear this, but God isn't here to hurt you. He's here to help you. Scripture says that God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So because of that, we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I won't be afraid. What can mere mortals even do to me? Some of you are in the middle of a really difficult situation. I mean, outside of this pandemic, you're in the middle of a really difficult situation and you don't know what to do. Your marriage is in trouble. Your finances are in trouble. Your kids are in trouble and you are in uncharted territory. Have no idea what to do. Good, because God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. I don't need to be confident in my own knowledge, my own ability, or my own strength. I'm confident because God is always for me. He's always here to help me. And finally, because God, he's still working in me. Guys, let me be honest. You make mistakes, like a lot of them. You make a lot of mistakes. I know that because I see your social media. I see what you post on Instagram and on Facebook. You make a lot of mistakes. But newsflash, so do I. So does everyone. We all say things, do things, or think things that we shouldn't say, shouldn't do, or shouldn't think. So when you do that, your mind fills up with these thoughts. Those thoughts tell you I'm not kind enough or patient enough, loving enough or good enough. And those thoughts, they're robbing you of your security. They're filling you with fear. And you know what? You're right. You're not kind enough or patient enough, loving enough or good enough. But those thoughts, they're not from God because God already knows you're not kind enough or patient enough, loving enough or good enough. And even still, he's not through with you. He's still working on you and in you. Like uh, if you have kids, do you remember when they were uh, learning how to walk? Uh, they'd take a couple of steps and invariably they would fall. <laughs> and what did you do when they fell? You didn't talk smack. You didn't criticize them. You didn't say, man, this fool, he can't even walk. Get him out of my face. No, when your kids fell, you cheered them on. Yay, good job, baby. Then you'd pick them up. You'd put them back on their feet and you would move a little closer. You would close the distance. 
And guys, God's not criticizing your errors. He's celebrating your efforts. He's saying, good job. You can do it. You're okay. I got you. I'm right here. And every time you fall, every time you fail, he moves a little closer. He closes the distance that your insecurity is trying to create because he's not here to hurt you. He's here to help you. He's still working on you and still working in you. So be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you is going to carry it on to completion. So in a culture where our confidence has gone comatose, I'm confident. I choose to look on the bright side. And I do that because God is always for me. He's always here to help me. And he's still working in me. And you know what? He's still working in you too. And the sooner you acknowledge that, the sooner you accept that, the sooner you'll be able to look at and live on the bright side. Would you close your eyes? Salvation is the ultimate bright side. Salvation is taking everything dark and everything dirty and everything damaged in your life and lifting it up in your dirty, grimy hands and presenting it to Jesus and asking him to cover it, to forgive it, to delete it. 20 years ago, that happened to me. I presented everything that was wrong in me and I asked them to make it right. Today, we're going to give you the opportunity to do the same. And it won't make you perfect, but it makes you forgiven, gives you a fresh start. And my pastor used to say, it's never too late to begin again. So if you're watching this and your life is in ruins, your life is a wreck, you want to take all of that filth and want to present it to the only one who can change it. We're going to give you the opportunity to do that. And here's how. In just a moment, I'm going to say a few lines in a prayer. And then if you repeat those lines and mean them in your heart, the Bible says you will be saved. So if you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, would you say these words after me? Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please change me. Come into my life. Make me different. Make me new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, if you prayed that, congratulations. You have just become a part of God's family and He's for you. He's fighting for you. And we want to do the same. We want to fight for you too. And so if you prayed that prayer, would you do us the favor and would you just message us and let us know that you became a part of God's family and ours. We'd love the opportunity to connect with you and to follow up with you. But we're not done. Maybe you're watching this and you're a Jesus guy or a Jesus girl. You're well on your way to heaven. But you'd say, Sean, I have been dealing with insecurity. I have been robbed of my security. I am lacking confidence. If that's you, can I pray for you? God, for my friends who are watching this, I pray confidence over them. I pray boldness over them. I pray that you would restore unto them the joy of their salvation, that you would reveal to them what their future and their hope is. And that is you. We love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Did you know we have discussion questions for each message? You can download them and talk it over with your friends and family. 
Go to lifechurchgreenbay.com to download today.